Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Western Wall is an exposed section of retaining wall built in the 1st century BCE during the expansion of the Second Temple on Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem. In the Jewish faith, the Western Wall is one of the holiest locations on earth, situated as it is on the flank of of Temple Mount, and it attracts countless devoted visitors to worship and pray there on a daily basis. And it has been around for a very long time, over 2,000 years and uh, is significant not just for religious reasons, but also for political, cultural, and historical ones as well, as we'll talk about. Jerusalem obviously has a long and very complicated history as a holy city for three major global faiths, and the Western Wall is just one part of that history, a history whose surface we will barely scratch today. But the story of the Western Wall begins with Temple Mount, a hill overlooking the old city of Jerusalem, a place that is incredibly sacred, not just to Jews, but to Muslims and Christians as well. The earliest history of Temple Mount is mired in myth and legend, with the Hebrew Bible describing the construction of the first temple, also known as Solomon's Temple, on what is now Temple Mount. Um, According to the Hebrew Bible, Solomon's Temple once housed the biblical Ark of the Covenant in its inner sanctum, a place called the Holy of Holies, uh, a place that is, as you can probably tell, very, very sacred indeed in the Jewish faith. And uh, Solomon's Temple may have existed. It probably did. No remains have ever been discovered, but plenty of historians agree that it was, at some stage, a real building. Although that's just about the only thing they agree on, uh, because when it was built, by whom it was built, even exactly where it was built uh, is still debated to this day. In any case, when Jerusalem was besieged and then razed by the Babylonians uh, in around 587 BCE, Solomon's temple went with it. Uh, A second temple was built where it once stood, uh, known very inventively as the Second Temple, uh, although it's also known as Herod's Temple, and it's with this bloke, Herod, that we begin the tale of the Western Wall itself. Herod the Great was a Jewish king, a vassal of the Romans during their transition between Republic and Empire, and he ruled over the Herodian Kingdom of Judea between 37 and 4 BCE. And uh, he maintained a respectable level of autonomy within his kingdom by essentially always offering strong support for the Romans and therefore receiving support from them in return. Herod is a somewhat divisive figure in history. He was a powerful and effective king, holding his client kingdom together single-handedly, but he was also something of a despot, ruling as an unyielding autocrat. In any case, his most important legacy when it comes to today's episode is the enormous building program that he undertook while king. He constructed fortresses, he dug mines, he built infrastructure, he even founded all new cities. But above all of this, he is best remembered for his expansion of Jerusalem's Temple Mount. 
Because under Herod, the second temple was renovated and renewed. It was made larger and grander than ever before, hence the name sometimes used to describe it, Herod's temple. But in order to expand the temple in this way, Herod had to expand the very ground upon which it was built, which meant enlarging Temple Mount itself so as to have enough space for his renovated temple. So under Herod's orders, this hill, Temple Mount, the top of it, doubled in size. And this, of course, required enormous retaining walls to be built in order to support the platforms upon which the temple was expanded. And this, as it happens, is exactly where the Western Wall is. It is one of those enormous retaining walls right up against Temple Mount itself. The retaining wall is a lot longer than what is today known as the Western Wall. Um, The the retaining wall that Herod built is around 500 metres, almost 500 metres long in total. But most of it is covered up by buildings that were built in the centuries after the wall was constructed. What we know today as the Western Wall is uh, around 57 metres in length, a stretch Uh, of the wall that uh, is still exposed. There are a couple of other exposed sections in other places, although they're not as as famous or or significant uh, for reasons you'll understand by the end of the podcast. Um, And the wall itself uh, was, when it was built, it was around 32 metres in height, but it shrunk to around 19 metres today because the street level has risen. Just as is the case with the Pantheon in Rome, as we talked about last week, the streets of Jerusalem have been built up and up and up over the centuries, swallowing the lower sections of ancient structures like Herod's retaining wall. The wall is made of enormous limestone bricks of inconsistent dimensions. Some are large, some are small. Well, I say small. Even the even the smaller ones are still pretty massive. All the ones from Herod's time are, are pretty huge. They weigh at least two tons, most of them. Um, But not all of the stones in the wall are from Herod's time. The wall has been built upon by others uh, centuries later as Jerusalem has changed hands over the years, as as we'll talk about directly. And even the original ancient wall very likely wasn't actually finished within Herod's lifetime. Leading theories today suggest that it was actually finished by his great-grandson, King Agrippa II. But whatever the case, the Western Wall didn't serve as a retaining wall to support the, uh, the Second Temple for very long, for the simple reason that the Second Temple didn't last very long itself. It was destroyed in 70 CE by the Romans during the First Jewish-Roman War. And not too long after this, after the defeat of the Bar Kokhba revolt in 135 CE, Jews were banned from Jerusalem altogether. And so access to Temple Mount and the Western Wall was lost to them as a place of worship. As the Roman Empire Christianized in the 4th century, Jewish access to the wall was granted for one single day a year. Uh, So they could mourn the loss of the Second Temple. Uh, Jews would gather by the Western Wall and often express their grief by wailing. Uh, Hence the fact that the wall is sometimes known, even today, as the Wailing Wall. But eventually, in the 5th century, Jews were allowed back into Jerusalem by the Romans. um, And once again, the wall became a place of worship for them. Uh, But then the Romans, or I guess the Byzantines, as they had become by this stage, they were pushed out of Jerusalem by the Persian Sassanids in the early 7th century. But before the Sassanids had even really had a chance to get their bearings, the Arabs arrived, and in 637, Jerusalem became an Islamic city. And before the end of the 7th century, the conquering Muslims had built the Dome of the Rock, an Islamic shrine on top of Temple Mount, where the Second Temple had stood, supported by the Western Wall. Now, of course, we're going to talk about the Dome of the Rock in a, in a future episode. Uh, it, it's still there today. 
And uh, while the top of Temple Mount was now dominated by Islamic places of worship, the Western Wall still remained an incredibly important place for Jewish worshippers. Again, we'll come to exactly why by the end of the episode. You'll have a full understanding of of the significance of of this place uh, before we finish today. Don't you worry. Now, Jerusalem, of course, was fought over by many, many different people and changed hands plenty of times throughout the back half of the first millennium and into the second. Crusaders, Ayyubids, Mamluks, and then Turks all held the city. But throughout it all, the Western Wall stood, visited by Jews regularly, who were generally permitted to continue to use it as a place of worship. This did, be, this did become more difficult as time went on, however, because the area surrounding the wall became more and more built up. The street level rose, as I said, and eventually it would become so crowded with devoted worshippers that it was impossible to make your way to the wall properly. The wall was crowded in by buildings sitting underneath the slowly rising street level, and this was causing a great many issues and conflicts between worshippers and the people that lived in the nearby Moroccan quarter. They complained of the noise and the crowds around the wall. Jerusalem's Islamic authorities always allowed Jewish access to the wall, but as I say, the area around it was just too crowded and overdeveloped. It was too popular a destination. And on top of this, the, the needs of, uh, of, of Jewish worshippers weren't, weren't always at the top of the list of priorities for, uh, for the Islamic governors of, of Jerusalem. And so across the 19th uh, century and, and into the early 20th century, many leading Jewish figures, uh, including Baron Rothschild and, and Chaim Wiesman, they attempted to buy the land surrounding the wall so as to demolish the buildings there and, uh, and make room for more worshippers. This was a very long and very slow process and involved many failed negotiations and agreements and ultimately really never came to anything in the end. In fact, in the 20th century, there were violent confrontations at the wall between Jews and Muslims and and the British as well, eventually, who uh, were now in charge of Jerusalem and mandatory Palestine after the First World War. Hundreds of people died in riots in the 1920s and 1930s. And in the wake of all this conflict, Jews were once again banned from entering Jerusalem's old city and worshipping at the Western Wall. Eventually, however, after the establishment of the State of Israel and the 1967 Six-Day War that saw Israel capture the old city, the Moroccan quarter was indeed demolished once and for all with some of the buildings bulldozed with their residents still inside them. A large plaza replaced these buildings, which is still there today, and in the last decade or so, the Israeli government announced and funded a program to upgrade and improve the area's infrastructure to ease access to the wall. But why, you may still wonder, is the wall so important in Judaism in the first place? It's a retaining wall. How has this retaining wall become such a sacred and holy place where Jews go to worship? Well, and look, I'll say all this with the disclaimer that I'm not a religious scholar, not by any stretch of the imagination, but my understanding is that Jews aren't allowed, by their own religious law, they're not allowed to get any closer to the Temple Mount than the Western Wall. From what I can tell, Torah law forbids Jews from entering Temple Mount itself, where today you find the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Um, They're not allowed on Temple Mount because of just how holy it is to their religion. And of course, now with these Islamic buildings on top of it, Temple Mount is now also a very holy place for Muslims as well, who are the main visitors to Temple Mount. Uh, Non-Muslim tourists can only access Temple Mount for a couple of hours a day, five days a week. Um, And in order to uh, not defy Jewish law, religious Jews who do wish to visit Temple Mount, they have to be carried across it by non-Jews 
so their feet don't touch the ground. Very, very clever loophole there. Anyway, because of how holy they consider Temple Mount to be as the location of Solomon's and Herod's temples, Jews instead worship at the Western Wall, as it is the closest that they can get to the holy ground of the Temple Mount and where Solomon's Temple and the Holy of Holies were said to have been located without breaking Torah law by setting foot on it. And this is why it is this exposed section of the Western Wall and not another part of the wall further down the track that is considered to be the most holy location in the Jewish faith. It is is because this part of the wall is the closest to where it is believed that Solomon's temple was built. And as a result of this, as it is the most sacred location Jews are actually allowed to visit under Torah law, the Western Wall remains a place of enormous significance. And of course, its troubled history further adds to its historical significance. The Western Wall has been a centre point of religious and cultural conflict for a very, very long time. Conflict which sadly continues through to this day. 